0: amen it was awesome at eight o'clock so I know it was just awesome just now Laura God bless you very good good to see you today God bless you and uh, I'd like to invite you to open your Bible to Acts chapter 20 Acts chapter 20 and we'll look at verses 7 through 12 our springboard verse well we'll just look at all of them how's that we got plenty of time Preach this morning and tonight, next Sunday morning, of course, next Sunday night, we have the uh, annual meeting at First Baptist Polk City, and if you need a ride, call the church office, and we'll get a list. Once we get 15 people signed up to go, we'll be able to run the big bus. We've got a 47-passenger bus, and so if you need a ride and we will go, let us know. Call the church office and let us know, okay? Uh, but that's next Sunday night. And then my last message will be on uh, October the 30th that morning. Uh, This morning, I'm preaching on be faithful in attendance. Tonight, be faithful in service. Next Sunday morning, be faithful in witnessing. And my last message, you cut me, I bleed stewardship. It's going to be be faithful in giving. So, at any rate, they didn't amen in the other service when I said that. I don't know what that means. but It just got real quiet. Verse 7, Acts chapter 20. Verse 7, and on the first day of the week. What day is the first day of the week? Sunday. Sunday. Well, that's today. When we, Luke wrote, were gathered together to break bread, Paul began talking to them. And the word there means reasoning, preaching, teaching, intending to depart the next day. And he prolonged his message until midnight. Long-winded preacher. What do you know? And there were many lamps in the upper room where we were gathered together, and there was a certain young man named Eutychus sitting on the window sill, sinking into a deep sleep. And as Paul kept on talking, I'm glad I'm not the only one that put people to sleep while he was preaching. He was overcome by sleep, and he fell down from the third floor and was picked up dead. That's kind of like waking up dead, right? So he says that. But Paul went down and fell upon him, and after embracing him, he said, Do not be troubled, for his life is in him. When he had gone back up and had broken bread and eaten, he talked with them a long while until daybreak and so departed. And they took away the boy alive and were greatly comforted. Be faithful in church attendance. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for all who are here today. And I pray that you'll strengthen our commitments we've already made to be faithful in church attendance for 2022 and 2023 and every Sunday for the rest of our lives, help us to be faithful, even as Luke and Paul and Silas and Timothy and this mission team was. Let us be like they were. In Jesus' name, amen. You might be surprised to know that the retired football player, Peyton Manning, once owned 31 Papa John franchises, 31. When Manning sold his interest in Papa John's, sales continued to increase. Because Papa John's has good pizza and good management. Proving the issue was not a person, but a great product. Basketball player Shaquille O'Neal once owned 155 Five Guys restaurants. 155. When Shaq sold his restaurants, the business continued to grow. Because they have good burgers, big expensive burgers. But boy, they're good if you can eat a half of one of them, right? The issue was not a person, but a good product. Finally, while alive, baseball legend Hank Aaron owned several Krispy Kreme donut franchises. Did you know that? Would the fact that Hank Aaron is gone keep you from stopping by the Krispy Kreme? If you saw the red, hot, fresh donut light on, I doubt it. I doubt it. Now, please understand, folks, I'm not saying I'm a celebrity, I'm not, or the church is a restaurant, it's not. My point is, because someone in a company leaves or dies, does not mean that company's value declines. It is the people and the product of a company that determine value, not a single individual. And beyond that, the church is not a restaurant, the church is a family. and The Bible teaches we ought to be faithful to our church family to gather every time the church gathers Jesus owns the church, full stop, period. He's told us in his word not to forsake the assembly of ourselves together as some were doing, but to encourage one another and so much the more as we see the day approaching. Jesus rose on Sunday. The church met on Sunday, and they met every Sunday after Jesus rose throughout the history of the apostles and the early church and on and on and on. Contrary to our Seventh-day Adventist friends who say that the church cooked it up in the fourth century, no. All the evidence said the early church met on Sunday. Ignatius, we no longer observe the Sabbath. We live in observance of the Lord's Day, Sunday. Justin Martyr, Sunday's the day on which we hold a common assembly. Irenaeus, the mystery of the Lord's resurrection may not be celebrated on any other day than the Lord's Day. Tertullian of Africa, a great preacher wrote we solemnize solemnize the day after Saturday and the day after Saturday is Sunday the early church manual the Didache said every Lord's Day the church was to gather and break bread not only proving the early church worshiped on Sunday but it proves that Christians today should worship on Sunday and be faithful to worship on Sunday, Sunday every Sunday every Sunday every Sunday You know, a lot of believers stopped going to church during the COVID pandemic. And I understand that. We had to shut down for a a few weeks. But I want to encourage you to be faithful in your church attendance now that the COVID pandemic is over for the rest of 2022 and 2023 and every day for the rest of your lives. That's the message. Be faithful in your attendance, dash, dash, regardless, period. Notice this morning the early Christians worship attendance gives us three simple but profound facts that we ought to remember. Number one, when we gather. When we gather, verse 7, and on the first day of the week when we were gathered together to break bread. Luke here narrating the third missionary journey through Macedonia, Philippi, Troas. And here Luke told us what Paul and company were doing on the first day of the week. What were they doing? Playing golf. Wait a minute, that's not what it said. They did what every believer should do on the first day of the week. They were gathering together with God's people for worship. I love Luke 4.16. It says, Jesus went to Nazareth where he'd been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. Paraphrase, Jesus went to church as he was accustomed to doing. He had a habit of being in the synagogue on the day the Jews worshipped. Jesus had a habit of also worshiping with his worshipers when they assembled on the Lord's day, resurrection day. And since Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath, the second person of the Trinity, God in the flesh, he has the authority to change the day of worship. God can do that. The early church met for a fellowship meal called the agape feast. They sat together, they ate together, and then they concluded with communion together or the Lord's Supper. But the meal and the ordinance demonstrated a common bond and a common belief and, of course, included the preaching and teaching of the Word that was vitally important for their faith. The truth was on the first day of the week, they gathered with God's people because that's what Christians do regardless of the circumstances. They're faithful in church. Christian, it's important for you to make a commitment to be faithful in church. You're needed at Scott Lake. You need to be here at Scott Lake. In the months to come, yes, but also for the rest of your life. I love the story about Kuwait. They get most of their water from a desalination plant. pumps out of the Kuwaiti harbor. It's a great way to guarantee fresh water unless something contaminates the place where they get their water. September 14, 1964, a freighter called the Al Kuwait capsized and sank in the dock of the Kuwaiti harbor right in front of the desalination plant where they got their drinking water. To make matters worse, the cargo was 6,000 live sheep. Except when the freighter sank to the bottom, they were no longer live sheep. They were poor dead sheep. And poor people would have to drink the contaminated water from the dead sheep. Well, the sheep were locked in a hold at the bottom, so they had a little bit of time to figure out how they're going to raise this this great freighter to get the sheep out. How are you going to do that? If you use cables and cranes, it'll crack apart. And the, and the water would be poisoned by the by the awful nastiness in the hold of the dead sheep. Danish engineer Carl Croyer was called in to find a solution. He pondered all the options, and he had an idea. An idea that he got from a Donald Duck cartoon, where Huey, Louie, and Dewey filled Donald's sunken ship with ping pong balls. And it caused it to rise. That's what he did. He brought in equipment to manufacture on-site, 27 million ping-pong balls. December 31st, 1964, they began pumping these tons and tons of ping-pong balls in the, in the cargo hold and all throughout the hull of the ship, 1 million, 5 million, 10, 15, 20, 26, 27. It started to rise and stayed on top of the water long enough for them to tow that thing away from the desalination plant, and the water supply was saved. And then years later, he did the same thing at another place in Greenland. Here's the point. One ping-pong ball can't do a lot. Two or three can't do a lot. Twenty-seven million together, that's going to do something. On Sunday morning, it's easy to think, oh, I don't need to go to church. I can stay home today. They don't need me. I've got better things to do. I'm sleepy. I stayed up watching that ball game all night. I want you to know the Al-Kuwaiti was not raised with 26 million ping pong balls. It took 27 million. 27 million. But what if he'd been a few short? A ship would not have been raised. The water supply not saved. You see, believers alone are not able to do a lot, but as we assemble together on the Lord's Day, we find the power of assembly lets us do great things. Do not forsake the assembly of yourselves together as the manner of some, like some are doing. It's important for you to be here, Christian, every time we assemble. Church is a team sport, and you're part of a team. You're part of a family. and You ought to be here even if you don't feel like it because the team needs the lift that you provide. Others are looking to you for support, for the the example. Statistics prove adults who attend church as a child are three times as likely to be going as an adult. Those who attend the Bible-believing church, and Scott Lake is and always has been, are ten times more likely to become Christians. Students from poor neighborhoods who go to church are less likely to engage in violent behavior According to Byron Johnson, director of the Center for Research of Religion and Herbal Civil Society, a study by the University of Indiana showed that non-religious students who don't go to church are twice as likely to engage in drugs and alcohol and binge drinking. University of Michigan, 2,500 high school seniors who regularly attended church were less likely to smoke and drink and use drugs and get fewer traffic tickets and wear their seatbelts more and argue with their parents less and skip school less and face fewer detentions, expulsions, and suspensions. Less prone to violence. Notice in Luke 27, chapter 20, verse 7, what Luke did not write. What did, did he not write? He did not write, and we decided on the Lord's the first day of the week. We'd gather together. There was no deciding. No, they decided to go before they got up that morning. Because it was a habit. It was an expectation. Would you believe there are some believers in some other churches who decide if they're going to go go to church on Sunday when they get up in the morning, if they get up in the morning? If they wake up in time, just so happens. If they feel like it, the Spirit moves them. Nothing else on that life's ladder. You know, the bottom rung is go to church. Oh, has it come to that? It's not the top priority. Then they'll go. Trust me, the same spirit who inspired Hebrews 10.25 is the same spirit who will empower us to do what is written. The issue is not how we feel or how we think, but what the Bible says. Now, there are times we're sick, no doubt, been there. There are times things out of the ordinary happen that we have to travel, understand. But whether or not we go to church on Sunday is not based on how we feel, but what the Bible says. Holy hush moment, Boom. Luke wrote on the first day of the week, when we gathered, not if, but when. It was certain Paul and Silas and Luke were going to go. And we should be certain as well. They gathered on Sunday, every Sunday, to worship and fellowship and hear God's word. And so that's what happens when we gather. Number two, why we gather. Why we gather. Last phrase of 7 and verse 8. And it says, Paul began talking to them, intending to depart the next day, and he prolonged his message until midnight. And there were many lamps in the upper room where we were gathered together. Now, there's a lot in that phrase, Paul was talking to them. It's an imperfect tense past action that continues and continues and continues, durative, linear, ongoing. He just kept talking and talking and talking and talking and talking. But it also gives us our word preaching or reasoning. Dialogue comes from this word. Paul was preaching and teaching truth about Jesus because they might not ever hear it again. Preached till midnight. Preached till the rooster's crowed. They stayed till midnight. They stayed till the rooster's crowed. Teaching about Jesus. Throwing light on the Old Testament scriptures. Talking about his mission trips and how the Gentiles were responding. He talked and he preached and he talked and He preached. But this was the Apostle Paul sharing great truth about the risen Christ. Christian, you ought to be faithful in coming and bringing your family to church because you and they need to hear spiritual truth. They need to hear about God's love for them and Christ's death for them and the Holy Spirit's empowering of them and the blessings of heaven awaiting them. But they'll never hear about it or learn about it unless you're faithful in your church attendance. You know, you don't get it all by coming once in a while. It's important to be here every Sunday so you can grow in your wisdom and insight. Verse 7 says Paul did the preaching, but it also says there were many lamps in the upper room where they were gathered together, many many torches, many lights. Without the many lamps, there would not have been any light, and Paul's teaching would have been in vain. Did you know that every church has many lamps that makes the pastor's teaching effective? Sunday school teachers, oh my You're the lamps that make the pulpit effective. You really are. And the place where education, interaction, and growth, and learning happen most should be and usually is in Bible study in Sunday school. Yeah, the big assembly is vitally important, but the many lamps make the preaching and teaching effective. And they're found in Sunday school. Christian, these months to follow. I love the. Power of the pause. This is good. Let me encourage you not just to be faithful in worship attendance, but to be faithful in Bible study. Find a class, get plugged in. Had a lady once tell me, not at this church, another church. She said, I don't need to go. I already know everything. Really? She told me that I need to, I, I know everything. Now, I wanted to say, no, you don't. Because you don't know Hebrews 10, 25. You don't know the importance of being in Bible study. You know what I said? I think I said something like this. That may be true, but you still need to be there for the others in your class. You need to be there to encourage them. You need to be there so your great vast knowledge and insight will kind of ooze out on them. Children need to see you faithful in Bible study. Grandkids, her grandkids need to be, mm, I'm not going to get on that. Parents and grandparents, your children and grandchildren need to see you faithful in Bible study. They need you to be there. Even if you already know it all, you need to be there. Someone wrote this powerful poem. I don't know who it was or I'd give them credit, but someone wrote these words, not me. Please, Daddy, let's go. A little girl with shining eyes, her upturned face aglow. It's almost time for Sunday school. We must get there, you know. Let's go and hear of Jesus' love and how he died for all to take them to his home above who on his name will call. Oh, no, said Daddy, not today. I've worked real hard and all. I need to take a break and rest. I might go to the mall. So run along. Don't bother me. We'll go another day. You just stay home and have some fun. What more can I say? Months and years have passed away. They go fast. That plea is heard no more. Let's go to Sunday school," she said. "Those childish days are oer. And now that Daddy's growing old and life is almost through, he finds some time to go to church, but what does daughter do? She says, "Oh, Daddy, not today. I was out all night. I've got to get a little sleep, besides, I look affright." And Daddy lifts a trembling hand and brushes away the tears. He sees a small girl's upturned face. Upturned, uh, and hears her pleading voice distinctly through the years. He sees a small girl's upturned face, upturned with eyes aglow, saying, it's time for Sunday school. Please, Daddy, won't you go? Parents, grandparents, you only get one shot. Take them to church. We go for fellowship, encouragement, worship, service, to hear and learn God's truth. We go so that our example can give us the right to talk to them about the Lord and to help them grow in their faith. By the way, you know why Billy Graham led millions of people to faith in Christ all around the world in his time? It's because he was in church that night, November first, nineteen thirty-five. Doctor Mordecai Ham preached in the Crusade, Charlotte, North Carolina, and on the last verse of "Just as I am," he said he went forward and gave his life to Christ. Had Billy Graham not been in church, he might not have heard the gospel and been saved and all the other millions been saved either. There's a second reason he was used of God to bring millions to faith in Christ. Are you ready? Vernon Patterson. Vernon Patterson was a local newspaper salesman who had been praying with a group of businessmen for years that God would raise up someone from Charlotte to preach the gospel to the ends of the earth. Vernon Patterson was a church-going man. He was active and faithful in church. He knew the importance of prayer and evangelism, that all is vain unless the Spirit. And the reason he knew it was because of that habit of going to church. Enough said. Christian, make a commitment today, not later. Today, a real commitment that you will be here in church every time the church gathers. And number three, what happens as we gather? What happens as we gather, 9 to 12, I love these verses. A certain young man, pious is the word there, a kid, 6th grade, 5th grade, something like that, named Eutychus, sitting on the windowsill, sinking into a deep sleep. And as Paul kept on talking, he was overcome by sleep and fell down from the third floor and was picked up dead. They checked on him. They picked him up. No pulse. He was gone. But Paul went down and fell upon him, and after embracing him, he said, Do not be troubled. His life is in him. And when he had gone back up and had broken bread and eaten, he talked with them a long time until daybreak and so departed. And they took away the boy alive, and they were greatly comforted. All the lamps burning in the upper room started getting a little stuffy and smoky, and somebody said, Open that window for some fresh air. A young boy realized, That's a great seat. He sat on the window ledge. But later, Paul kept going on. It's getting dark. He got sleepy. Unbeknownst to him, he fell out of the window, hit the ground. His mama screamed. They looked below, and his lifeless body lay still. And everyone ran down the steps, including Paul in a scene reminiscent of Elijah the prophet, fell on the boy and hugged him and said, His life has been restored, implying his life wasn't in him and he was dead. But now he's alive. God used Paul to raise Eutychus from the dead, the Apostle Paul. He who was dead was now alive. Here's a great reason to come to church. Those who were spiritually dead can be raised to walk in newness of life. Those who were dead in the trespasses and sins, who once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the darkness of the air, can hear the chain-breaking gospel of grace and be set free and forgiven of their sins and released from Satan's power and find hope and peace and joy in the Lord. And most of all, by trusting in Jesus, they can have eternal life. Now, you don't have to be in church to be born again and raised from the spiritual dead. You can be saved at Bible camp or somewhere else. But it's also true, had Eutychus not been in church and died, had he died on the baseball field, on the golf course, at the lake, At the theme park. Uh Uh-oh, watch out now, you're meddling. He wouldn't have been raised from the dead. Church is not the only place we share the gospel of grace, but it's the main place. Worship, teaching, fellowship, service, these things all happen at church. It's also the place where the spiritual dead are raised from the dead. If you're not here with your children and family, how can those who've never been saved hear and be saved? Child Evangelism Fellowship, I've shared this before, 30% of America's population is under age 15. 70% of America's children live in a non-Christian home. That's almost three-fourths. 85% of all Christians accept Jesus before age 15. There's three great reasons to make sure you bring your family with you when you come to church. What if a grandson, a granddaughter, a grandchild was thinking about making a decision for Christ, but you decided that day you didn't want to go. You were sleepy and you had something else to do, so you didn't go. Is anything more important than hearing and understanding and believing and receiving spiritual life? Answer, no. Is anything more important than someone in your family coming to know the Lord? Answer, no. And so here's my challenge today. Make a commitment to be present at church every time the church gathers for worship. That's a commitment. That's a big commitment. Yes, it is. When we say, Lord Jesus, save me, that settles that. Really, that should be a settled issue. I'm going to ask you today to make a commitment for the rest of 2022. And I'm going to ask you to make a commitment for the rest of 2023 that you'll make it the top priority of your life, the top rung, not the bottom, the top rung, to gather whenever the church gathers for worship. I not only think you can do this, I think you should do this, and I'm confident that you will do this, just as I will be doing it up in northwestern Mississippi. Here's my point, folks. Listen carefully. Just because somebody in a company leaves or dies does not mean that company's value declines. Krispy Kreme lives on. (laughs) It's the people and the product of a company that determine its value, not a single individual... This was a great church before I came. It'll be a great church after I leave. And beyond that, the church is not a restaurant. The church is a family. And the Bible teaches that we ought to be faithful together every time the local church gathers. The people and the product make Scott Lake Baptist Church a great church. It really is. So be here every Sunday in 2022, in 2023, and for as long as you live in Lakeland Scott Lake Baptist Church lives on so be faithful and be involved let's pray father I pray for this congregation that these members here of this church will realize that this is a local family of believers who gather for worship Lord I pray they'll be faithful to be here Lord, it takes a lot of people to lift a church to do what needs to be done. A lot of people. I pray, Lord, that no one would think their attendance or service or giving is not important. Lord, every believer here is important. Every position on the team is vital. And I pray, Lord, that you'll bless this congregation. Let it continue to be faithful in all ways, especially in attendance. And that is my prayer today, in Jesus' name, amen. The message has been for Christians, certainly members of the church, perhaps you're here today and you've never made a commitment to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, understand the basics, ABC. A, all have sinned. All is me, all is you, all is all of us, we're on the same boat. There's none righteous, no, not one, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. B, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you can be saved. God proved his love for us even while we were sinners. Christ died for us. Christ hath also once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust to bring us to God. All of our sins can be removed, paid for as far as the east is from the west. As we bow the knee to him and say, Lord Jesus, please save me. And C, call on him to save you. We're not saved because we go to a church or we live in America. We have Christians in the family. We have to personally call upon Jesus. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you've never done that, you can do that this morning. Maybe you've been saved, never made it public by believer's baptism. Why not come for that? Why not be a member here at Scott Lake? This is a great church family. It really is. Why not join here? Get involved. Make a difference. Lift your service and praise to God to make an impact and make a difference. I'll be standing. We're singing 274, 270, 287, Take My Life, Lead Me, Lord. That's close. That's close. Uh, Take my life, lead me, Lord. Make my life useful for thee. And by the way, this is not only a great invitational hymn to sing, this is a great prayer to pray as we're singing. That this is what you want for your life. and This is your commitment. Make my life useful for thee. If I can pray with you, I'll stand at the front. Do what God wants you to do. Trust in Jesus, baptism, church membership. Why not come today? Let's stand and sing. I'll wait for you. Let's stand. <laughs> Sing the next verse, your prayer to God. Here it is. What you sing is what you pray. I'll hang around after the service if you need to talk. Feel free to do that if you have a question. Tonight we have number two of the final four messages, and that is be faithful in service. We're talking about service tonight from Acts chapter twenty. So I hope to see you back at six thirty uh, for that. All right, now, I don't know of anything else, Our brother. There's a church council, at what time is it, brother? Right, Where are you meeting? I'm not, I'm not coming, but I know you guys are meeting. The, sh- the old choir room. Oh, okay. The old reception room. The old reception room. If you're on the church council, they're going to meet in the reception. The old reception room. I think that is a Sunday school class, isn't it, Brother Allen? Whose class is that? Davis Ramsey. Davis Ramsey's Sunday school class. All right. Very good. Hope to see you back tonight. Would, are you having our prayer? You're the man, all right, all right. God bless you.
1: As we close today, I just want to remind you that there are collection plates at each of the three exits, and they're not there to look pretty. This is our opportunity to give back to the Lord. Has he ever given anything to us? We we can't even begin to count what he's given to us. But let's give back to him today. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you today asking that you would bless us, you would be with us, you would motivate us, Lord, through the indwelling of your Holy Spirit, that we might be the church, not just today, not just inside this building, but as we go, as we leave, as we go to work, as we go shopping, as we go throughout the week and the weeks and the months to come. Help us, Lord, to be all that you have designed and planned for us to be as individuals, as families, and as a church body. Bless us as we go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.